deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we are recording a little early today. Uh, That's right. I had to, so you know how how much trouble I generally have uh, coming up with an intro for the uh, common rooms mm-hmm. that I passed it off to you. Right. And and you've been doing, I think, an admirable job of introducing those so far. Mm-hmm. You're the boss. Yep. But you're off the hook this week. I am off the hook. Uh, due, due to some due to some life events, we are unable to record a uh, a bonus episode early this morning. So, how are you taking that? Were, did you have a, an intro in mind for the um for the bonus episode? Did you, would you like to you know test pilot something here? So I absolutely did not. Um, I like to just kind of go by feel. Uh, I don't really plan anything <laughs> or th- or think no no thoughts in my head before I do that. Um, <laughs> so so really, it's just kind of lost lost to time, I would say. Okay, that's that is fair enough. Uh, if you're just now joining us, you might uh, notice that I am also uh, not planning and stalling for time here because I also I just in my head I was like, okay, it's time to do common room. I'm, I watched an anime. I played. Some video games. What's what's in the news? I, I had all the stuff ready. I was like, ooh, Bravely Default. That that was in the news today. We've got a new JRPG coming. And then and all of that just had to be shoved out of my brain in the last 30 seconds when I remembered which episode we were recording right now. It's it's actually Harry Potter time. It's Harry Potter to time. Remember. How many Harry Potter thoughts are you like generally carrying around in your head? <laughs> too, too many. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> What kind of question is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess the podcast is uh, evidence of that, huh? We are, That's we are, right. We are always carrying too many Harry Potter thoughts in our head. No room for anything else. Um, which has been good, I guess, in this state of, like, uh, staying inside limbo that we are stuck in right now. Mm-hmm. Because there sure is a lot of Harry Potter stuff happening. Yeah. The main thing, of course, being J.K. Rowling... Coming down from on high in our time of need, in the people's time of crisis. Right. And saying, listen up, everyone. I know I know that things are tough. I know that you're stuck at home. I know that you have run out of uh, uh, the kind of crackers that you like, and you don't want to go to the store just to buy crackers. Sure. Because that's irresponsible. Uh-huh. And you've run out of good TV to watch on Netflix. What kind of crackers did you run out of? I ran out of the I like I like making cheese and crackers at home. Okay. And I like getting the like thin water crackers that have black pepper in them. Oh, sure. And because those are really good and you put some put some sharp ch- sharp cheddar on that. Mm. Yeah. That's a that's a snack, all right. Mhm. Uh I, I we have gone I think both of us, you 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 I think you were the first to declare it, but we've both gone goblin mode. That's right. That's the lifestyle that we all lead now in these trying times but jk rowling is here to say guess what i can help this i can fix this i am making harry potter available to teachers for (laughs) (laughs) i can't okay hold on i need to i need to find so this of course there's the official uh uh harry potter website uh uh article on this which i will read but the i had to 
handpick, hand select the best, like, fan site read of this thing. Sure. Which is from uh, uh, Cinema Blend, which says, J.K. Rowling doing the dang thing and making Harry Potter available during COVID-19 crisis. Which makes it sound like she just made, like, the ebooks free or something. Which well, I, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Which I think no. if, if she had done that, that actually would have been pretty cool. You know, like if she just said, "Hey, go to Pottermore.com for the next month. My these books are all free to download." That would have been, you know, I I don't think I would have had much cynical to say about that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna need to buy Deathly Hallows soon, so that would be that'd be great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but no. Instead, I I will be cynical about about what actually happened, uh, which is that. Uh, so here's the Cinema Blend version. To say the world has been shaken up over the last several weeks would be an understatement. Uh, yes, the, the pandemic has brought so many industries to a grinding halt, and desperate times call for desperate measures, or at least being more flexible. Case in point, author J.K. Rowling is granting an open license for her Harry Potter books to teachers across the world as the virus rages on. With schools being closed as a safety precaution, this open license will allow teachers to post videos of themselves reading these seven Harry Potter books aloud for their students. However, before any teacher's reading get too excited and start posting a read-through of Sorcerer's Stone to YouTube, this relaxation of the standard copyright permissions only permits such videos to be posted onto school-secure networks or closed educational platforms from now <laughs> until the end of the school year or to the end of July for those in the summer hemisphere. Very generous. Thank you, Joe. This is what we need. What we need in this time of crisis is for uh, 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 a teacher to not be sued for reading Harry Potter to her students. I feel like you could cut out a, a, a middle teacher here and maybe just make the audiobooks available. The part where rules exist to stop teachers from posting this kind of thing already to already private networks is the part where I feel like this reveals something uh, bad about how copyright works. Like the fact that this is even something that was being enforced to begin with, uh, uh, presumably not just by, you know, JK Rowling's company, but by any publication company is absurd to me. It sounds very difficult to enforce, maybe possibly unenforceable in the first place. Yeah. Could you imagine what a miserable job it must be? To, like, be the, the person sitting in, like, the Bloomsbury offices or whatever, combing through, like, primary school networks to see if anyone has posted themselves reading copyrighted material for their students. I, my assumption is that that wasn't happening. <laughs> and so nothing has changed. Yeah. Th th yes, that's the other angle. The other angle to this is, th is that this is a... A, f a formality rule that probably like could you imagine like 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 envision a world where you know this happened before uh uh, uh everyone was stuck at home and companies were like trying to get pr wins right uh and a teacher had for some reason chosen to read uh, a fantasy novel to her kids uh in class mm -hmm. uh and and J.K. Rowling or J.K. Rowling's company had like sued a teacher 
for this. Like, imagine right. if it was the other way around. Like, 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 you wouldn't do that. I don't even think J.K. Rowling would do that. Like, you know, she'll sue her assistant for buying too many Starbucks uh, uh, products on her on her um, credit card or whatever. But she won't sue a teacher for reading a book. Hopefully. No, I wouldn't think so. No. So, so, so there's a there's a ver- there's an angle to this where it just feels like this is a bizarre empty gesture. It does say on J.K. Rowling's website. Uh, it's the first of several initiatives being planned to help bring Harry Potter to children at home, which will be announced shortly. Hashtag Harry Ooh. Potter at home. Maybe I'll still get that free copy of the <laughs> Deathly Hallows ebook at this rate. I might might be Wizarding World Gold only. In these trying times, can we get a Wizarding World Gold subscription? And can I get the book uh, uh, sent to us so we can we can check out our finally get our Shriekcast anagram? Right. Or excuse me, acrostic, not anagram. Uh, mm-hmm. I would I would love that. I would I would be I love that this happened like the day after Wonder Woman and all the other celebrities got together to sing a John Lennon song. It was just like this parade of like incredibly empty gestures. Whenever your like grand uh, uh gesture to the teachers of the world involves like telling them that a certain piece of like legalese buried in a document somewhere is no longer being enforced there's just no way to make that exciting the the hey we won't sue you (laughs) hey everyone congratulations check it out we're not gonna sue you for doing your job in really hard circumstances in really hard circumstances also to the end of the school year which i think ends in two months three months so get if you're hey if you're planning to read harry potter to your to your students get (laughs) cracking Maybe they're setting up like a sting operation. Like all these teachers, like finally I can post videos of myself reading Harry Potter aloud to my students on my private network. Uh, and then they're going to bust into all the private networks the day after this, <laughs> this like <laughs> new lax new rule expires. <laughs> they take down these damn teachers once and for all. They're, they're going to, they're going to demand that you uh, hold up the day's newspaper while you're reading <laughs> so they know that it was recorded during the window which this rule was not being enforced. Uh-huh. Don't That's think right. don't even think about it. Mm-mm. <laughs> so after this, um, moving on to our second story here, uh, after after posting this on Twitter, JK's been kind of back at it again, posting very normal stuff. And I don't like it. It's very unnerving to me. Yeah, it, it is it is kind of a an upside down world. I feel like I have lost all sense of of normalcy and routine in my life. Mm-hmm. And now JK Rowling is back on Twitter time traveling me back to what a year ago? 2 years ago, more I than think. A year yeah. Ago? It was like pre Crimes it was like post Crimes of Grindelwald where all that uh it was like the Nagini stuff and then the um uh, the the wizards pooped themselves and vanished. The evidence stuff was like going on, and that's when she left. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's been almost two years now. Um, right, but she's back. Um, she's posting pictures of her dogs, which are very yep. cute. To be fair, they are very nice dogs. Um, she's posting. She's quote tweeting people who are talking about her doggos and like putting the smirk emoji. Uh, on it, 
she's she had a she had a lovely tweet uh, uh, yesterday morning thinking tonight of medical staff, supermarket workers, the military, and all public service employees putting themselves on the line for our communities. We can only aspire to dister- deserve you. Stay safe, everyone. Kisses. Has the military done anything? So, granted, she's in Scotland, so I don't know exactly what the military is doing. But yeah, they're they're certainly not like rolling around in APCs passing out food or anything. <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird. May, like maybe my theory was that maybe she's stuck inside and also her like personal assistant is stuck inside and can't come and take her phone away from her. That seems plausible. Because she's also not, um, you know, she's she's liking transphobic bullshit again uh, uh, freely. So, you know, she's. She's clearly got full access to her phone, her, to her Twitter account. She's she's posting normally, and 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 maybe maybe there's just someone you know stuck in their in their apartment who can't leave, who's like I have to I have to get to Joe's house and stop her from posting, but I can't. This is a, this is an emergency. I I just wonder if this is going to continue. Are we going to see more more creative writing on her Twitter account? Is this just going to be, is she just a poster again? Yeah. Are we going, are we going to be getting, uh, uh, some more like, uh, uh, rewrites of famous poems to be about politics? (laughs) Is she going to threaten, uh, people with seven followers with, uh, libel lawsuits? Uh, uh, what, what's, what's in store for Joe now that she's got all this computer time? Right. I feel like, Part of me wonders if this was going to happen regardless, just because she has a book coming out in September. And like, you know, maybe maybe someone told her it's time to get out there and and post. It's possible, but I feel like there were some kind of equally important things going on (laughs) that she refused to post about. Yeah, the there was the launch of the there's the launch of um, Wizards Unite. Uh, there was, uh, God, there were a few things. I mean, there was, there, I mean, obviously like the one thing she did post a while back on her first return was like the, the update for the cursed child logo, right? Like that was her last big, like Harry Potter related post. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. She's, 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 she's back in a way and, and posting in a way again that she has not for like two years. And it's, it's a little unnerving. So uh, watch this space, I guess. Uh, very curious to know if that keeps up. Maybe she, maybe she's going to play Animal Crossing. Perhaps. Or, or, or more likely, maybe, maybe now that she's stuck inside, we're going to see some, uh, some Pokemon posting. Hmm. We, Sword and Shield are old news at this point. Yeah, but you know she's been busy writing a book. Maybe she hasn't gotten around to it. Maybe we'll get some. Maybe we'll get some peak uh, Pokemon. Is um is Victini in in the new ones? I don't think I ever ran into a Victini. I mean, they're legendary, so I have no idea. Okay, so 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 if I feel like if that might be if what'll convince her to post if if she finds out that she can't import that from pokemon home or whatever oh of course yeah um but otherwise it's all a mystery don't know what's coming mm-hmm. well that's all i've got for news this week um but we do have a very exciting chapter to read shall we get to it yeah let's do it so this week we read chapter something i'm 24. not i'm not writing down the chapter numbers <laughs> anymore i've gotten a little bit lazy um it the chapter is called Sectum Sempra, um, which I 
I have it. It's stuck in my head that that was like the kind of metal Harry and the Potters song. It, it, it is. That's the. I think it was like a whole EP they did that was like more uh-huh. like metalcore sounding. And it kind of slapped a little. It kind of went. <laughs> All right, so um, we're getting right back into it. We're in charms class where Harry is telling Ron and Hermione all about how uh, he managed to get the Slughorn memory. Um, Hermione kind of, you know, she's very happy. Ron's excited, but they're also like, whoa, Horcruxes, that's pretty messed up, huh? Um, we also get a little update on the romantic dealings of Hogwarts. Ron and Lavender have have broken up. Um, and the reason that it happened is because Harry was leaving, um, from their meeting in the invisibility cloak. And so Lavender thought that it was just Ron and Hermione sitting in the dorm together. Um, and so she broke up with him. Hermione kind of calls Ron a coward, but is mostly, mostly seems pretty happy that this has happened. Hermione also pointedly tells Harry, uh, that Ginny and Dean have broken up. Um, and Harry is, is pretty, pretty happy to hear that, but it kind of kicks his, how am I going to date Ginny, uh, thoughts up, up to, up to the max. Um, uh, Harry and Ron and Hermione are going back to the Gryffindor common room during their free period that day. Uh, and, and they, as they walk in, they find out that Katie Bell is back from the hospital after her unfortunate amulet cursing earlier in the book, uh, which I completely forgot about it until this chapter. <laughs> um, Harry can't resist uh, asking her some questions about what happened, trying to unravel the Draco mystery once again, um, asks her if she remembers anything. Did she remember if she actually went into the girl's bathroom? And and we, we get the info, which is that Katie remembers pushing the door open, doesn't remember going inside or who she talked to um, and that uh, she, the next thing she knew, she was waking up in the hospital uh, two weeks earlier. Um, Harry kind of thinks about how, um, or rather like they kind of have this thing like where Harry's like, well, I guess it would have to be a girl or it could have been Crabbe and Goyle since they've been polyjuicing to be girls. Um, he's just having a, having a think again. Um, Harry wants to, he's, he is reinvigorated to the Draco mystery and wants to use the luck potion to get into the room of requirement. Cause he still has, has a swig of that since he only used half of it to get the memory from Slughorn. But Hermione, once again, uh, explains that that's stupid and it won't work because they're dealing with a powerful enchantment not dealing with something that Harry could already do, but just needed to kind of tweak the circumstances and get lucky to do it. Um, Harry's kind of disappointed in that, but at the same time, he's like, oh, well, maybe I could use the luck potion to uh, kiss Ginny or whatever. Um, they There's a Quidditch practice, um, and it is... It's their like last practice before the big the big game the the game that's going to determine who wins the house cup, uh, or rather the Quidditch cup. Um, and Katie Bell's back on the team, and it's their best practice ever. They're doing so good, and it's awesome. And um, and Harry kind of in his mind is now tying the idea that if they win the Quidditch cup, then he could probably get get a big smooch from Ginny. Like that's going to be his moment. They're going to win the big game. Everyone's going to be so excited. He might be able to use the luck potion uh, and everyone's going to be hyped up and it's going to go great. Um, and he also kind of thinks about like, uh, is this me choosing between Ginny uh, and Ron? Is Ron going to be mad? 
on and on teen drama stuff. Um, Harry happens to be in, in, in one of the coming days before the big match, he happens to be walking alone down the corridor uh, where he hears somebody crying in the bathroom and talking to Moaning Myrtle uh, and it's Draco Malfoy and he uh, goes into the bathroom. Draco sees him in the reflection of the mirror um, and Draco's also saying something like, oh, if I can't do it, he'll kill me. Um, they trade a couple spells back and forth until Draco tries to cast Crucio, but Harry interrupts him halfway through and hits him with a with a Sectum Sempra, which is sword spell, and he gets pretty pretty messed up, cut open. Um, and Harry Harry is shocked. He can't he can't believe this. Um, he feels kind of betrayed by by the book. Um, uh, and Moaning Myrtle starts screaming that there's been a murder. Snape shows up um, and does some sort of like sing-song heal spell. Just kidding. Draco's fine. Um, and and Snape takes Draco to the hospital wing and tells Harry to stay where he is. Um, Harry listens. Uh, Snape gets back, kind of chews him out, reads his mind, sees the Half-Blood Prince book in his head uh, when he's kind of interrogating him and doing some mind reading uh, to figure out where he learned that spell. Uh, and then sends Harry to go get his school books. Um, Harry does, but as he goes into the common room, uh, he takes Ron's version of advanced potion making and on his way back, thinks in his head desperately, I need somewhere to hide the Half-Blood Prince's book. Uh, the room of requirement opens up and it's full of junk. It's the room where, where stuff is hidden. And wouldn't you know it, there's the vanishing cabinet that they shoved Montague in mm. last, last book. Um, he hides the Half-Blood Prince's book in there, um, goes to Snape, <clears throat> Um, and Snape kind of is, is disbelieving, uh, that that is his book, but he kind of has to just go with it. Um, and then assigns Harry detention for every Saturday until the end of term, which wouldn't you know it, Harry's going to miss the big game, uh, which is a real bummer. Uh, Harry does go to his first detention with Snape on Saturday morning during the big game, uh, where he has to kind of transcribe, um, some old records of, like punishments and misdeeds of former Hogwarts students uh, from when his dad was in school. Um, and then detention is over. He goes up to the Gryffindor common room. What's going to be the result of the big game? He goes inside. Everyone is celebrating. We won. We won. And Harry walks up and gives, gives Ginny a smooch. Um, and that's the end of the chapter. This has been such a wild ride. These past few chapters. Uh, I feel like you could take the last three chapters. So the Felix Felicis chapter, um, the, the dog shit lore chapter <clears throat> we got last week and this one, and it's like a perfect trio of chapters that explain everything that is good and bad about Harry Potter, <clears throat> like incredibly succinctly. Yeah, I think that is pretty fair. Like, so the 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 chapter where Harry uses the Felix Felicis is just delightful. It plays around with the idea of magic in a very fun way. The, um, you know, as long as we're ignoring uh the uh PS3 iToy game lore, um, <laughs> it it presents a really charming and and like funny and wry look at the concept of uh of like magical luck um then this chapter after that uh it it just 
shines the brightest spotlight possible on how little sense the like broader theology and culture and world building stuff in this series makes uh just just how just how bad that stuff is and then this chapter is just like the cream of the crop of the teen drama like here it is if you want if you want the if you want the boarding school drama experience here it is this is this is that firing on all cylinders uh, uh, all of the melodrama, all of the the like the humor, all of the uh, the 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 you know the the high high melodrama uh, bullshit between characters. I I loved it. I I really enjoyed this chapter for the most part. I think this book has uh, obviously all the other books we've read have had their highs and lows. Yeah, I think, but this has been the most good chapter, bad chapter, good chapter, bad chapter. Yeah. Of any of them. And I think that the reason is because there's two mysteries going on and one sucks and one is like <laughs> fine, I guess. Yeah. And it just like goes back and forth between them, but it really, more than any other book, just feels like two different stories shoved together, especially with the tone issues of all of the Voldemort lore stuff. Right. Like the um the thing is, is that like I, I, I will happily take like a, a bad or like it you know perfunctory mystery if it means that the characters get to have a good time, you know, or like you know the, not not literally they have a good time, but like the, the you know the author gets to flex with you know having these characters and having them bounce off each other and, and having uh, uh, stuff happen that's that's fun to watch, you know, because like the half blood prince mystery is not super interesting but it has been the catalyst for a lot of good character interaction the horcrux stuff aside from finally getting harry to drink the luck potion and and bother <laughs> uh 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 slughorn with it a couple chapters ago has done nothing for anyone it just makes dumbledore exposit right so so like that i think that's like that's a good observation it's just like what what the mystery enables this book to do with the characters couldn't be like you, you, there's no better example than than this run of chapters i think mm -hmm. i i am almost I, it makes me sad that the draco half-blood prince mystery isn't really one right like, it's like it's like it goes through the motions of being a mystery but i'm like damn is it really gonna be like oh draco is Repairing that vanishing cabinet that we remember from when our favorite character Montague got shoved into it in fifty year. Like there's there's no mystery there, but it's kind of going through the motions of pretending to be one. Right, yeah. And and the like this is we'll we'll get to it when we get to the room of requirement part, but this is that particular answer to this mystery is so goofy. Uh I have a lot of thoughts on 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 how this room of requirement thing has has played out over this book. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, until then I, I like, there's, there's just so much good stuff happening here. This conversation in charms class is great. Uh, mm -hmm. the characters are interested in the mystery. Finally. Um, I will say I have, you know, I, I talked at length last chapter about like, damn, uh, the, the, the theology of Harry Potter makes no sense. Um, I have another, I have another thing to throw on that pile that I wonder if you noticed, 
Sure. Um, so while Harry is telling Ron and Hermione all about Horcruxes, <gasps> uh-huh. he's wiggling his wand idly. Uh-huh. And yeah. he's making it snow. And Hermione says, uh, uh, hold on, Ron, you're making it snow. Uh-huh. Then after she points that out, it says he brushed some of the fake snow off of Hermione's shoulder. Wait, I completely missed that. <laughs> I saw that he brushed the... it. Wow. Which... I I know that this is this is likely just a case of like wasn't thinking about it, right? But but learning that this the snow that you can you, you can conjure is apparently fake. What does that mean? That means <laughs> that the implications for the world here are are like reality shattering. Is it fake because it's conjured or is it that he conjured fake snow? Right, right. Because I think there's a difference. <laughs> right, like if he if he if he conjured like you know a uh, uh, movie set snow or something. You're right. I didn't even believe you that it said that. I just I just like <laughs> my eyes skipped over the word fake. He said fake snow. He, he brushed some of the fake snow off Hermione's shoulder. No, so so if he conjured just like you know cotton snow or whatever. Or is that saying that, you know, in, in the wizarding world, things that you conjure are considered fake? And if so, what does that mean for Molly's sauce wand? Is that, is, is that fake Alfredo? <laughs> is this a Star Trek situation? This is like, a disaster. Is this like when things come out of the replicator and it's like, well, it's pretty good, but it's not like the real thing or whatever. What's... And is it, fa- like, is it, like, fake plastic snow? <laughs> that seems a very specific thing, like, a specific kind right. of thing to conjure. Yeah. And and if it is, why would wizards have that? And why would Ron fake know what it snow. is? This, I, this is a rat. I can't deal with this. I can't <laughs> believe that. I'm, so, I'm sorry to, to, to blow your mind over such an insignificant line here, but I was I mean, stuck on this. They- they can summon water out of their wands. Right. They can just go aguamenti. Harry was... And, Harry so was, why couldn't you summon real snow? Harry was refilling the mead bucket a couple chapters ago. Was that fake mead? Was he putting billy beer in there? <laughs> I'm so... I'm so curious now. I mean, in this scene, they're turning... Uh, vinegar into wine, which is also uh, an image. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm um, I'm I am now I'm on the lookout. I'm on the lookout for any more uh, details about charms, about conjuring, because I, I was just I was just like, wait, hold on. This this one word has like upended my entire like conception of how this world works. It's fake because it's conjured, right? Y- yes. So, so I, I think that that is, I think that is the implication. Oh, this isn't real snow. It's conjured snow. But, but that, but that itself has so many what? implications. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> like I'm half joking, but also I'm not joking. You know, like it's, it's, uh, I, I was really stuck on that one for a while. Put a lot of question marks around that in my book. I'm kind of stuck on it right now. (laughs) 
I was stuck on Horcruxes before this, and I still am. But now I'm like, is this, is is conjured stuff fake? Is that fake water? What's going on? <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah, but otherwise, I think this scene is great. Um, I'm glad to see, like, even th- even though I don't like. I don't think that the Ron and Hermione relationship is good for either of those characters. Um, I hate it. It's it's bad, but it is at least, at the very least, it is nice to have these three characters, like, talking to each other again and being, like, a, 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 a fun, like, three-character dialogue dynamic again, finally. I would be just fine with the Ron and Hermione stuff in this book if they if it ended at the end of the book or even in book seven where they were just like, ah, oh, it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, if this was if this was not endgame. If all of the relationships here are like the final like we are we are moving everything into place for like the the final placement of everything. That, that's what you is... have to do when you're sixteen. <laughs> that's right. That's what you got to do. That's right. You got to get your affairs in order at age 16. Otherwise, this is end game. Yeah. Is, you... what, is what age 16 is like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, when you're 16, it does feel like end game. Sure. Yeah. You got one but... more year of school left. But but in, in, in every other world, uh, you're, not getting, you're not getting your cop badge uh, upon graduation. So That's true. So, you well, know. Well, well, <laughs> that's true. Again, yeah. But it, but it is a cute scene. Um, the like similar to the, the that previous scene where Harry was like asking about Ginny and Dean, like, oh, what's going on with them? A couple chapters ago, I love him just very nonchalantly being like, oh, darn, what happened? Like that was pretty good. Um, it's it's just what so, do you what do you think of Ginny breaking up with Dean because he held open the door for him too much? It's a little um, pat, I guess. Just like oh well, it's because it's because he kept on doing the like co op game. He would he would press A and go go next to the high wall that you can't climb by <laughs> yourself, and he would get down on one knee and put his hand out and say like, okay, now you come up to me and press A, uh, and we can co op climb over this wall, and then you can pull me over. While the game's loading, it's a very clever way to hide a loading screen. Right. Uh, I know they're they're sixteen, and I guess at the oldest seventeen. But it has been until this moment where I realized I would hate to have to walk through a picture frame every day. Yeah, you have to crawl through it in the books. I think don't that's you? horrible. It's like a tunnel. Yeah, you got to get on your hands and knees and kind of like scoot through it, like you're crawling through a vent. Hmm. Uh, in in the movie, I think they just change it to like a big door, right? But but I, they've I think the language in the books has always been crawling, which is very very undignified, I guess. <laughs> but no, it's it's cute, and like the drama this sets up is like fun, and I care about it. Like you know, I I don't care about Quidditch literally, but I care that the characters care, and I like this. Like uh oh, uh um, you know there's going to be some drama on my team and I'm going to have to kick players off and, and you know, will I, will I be able to focus on the game? Like this is all so much more compelling to me than anything that's happened regarding the Horcruxes. Like I, I care so much more about like whether or not Gryffindor has a good time at the game, the big game, you know? 
Harry is just a different person. I can't square this chapter with the Horcrux chapter where we just we just had him ending and be like, yes, I am going to murder Voldemort. He killed my parents. This is my this is my mission. I'm going to walk into the arena to my death, head held high. Which okay, like at least that's a character want, right? Yeah. And then one chapter later, we have Harry also being very explicit about his character want, which don't don't hear this wrong, that that is such a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think you need to have your character like look at the camera every every time and and necessarily just say what they want. But in (laughs) in these books where Harry has very few wants or motivations, it is nice to hear. But his want in this chapter is like, I hope that we win the big game so I can get a smooch from Ginny. Yes, and 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 also I'm going to uh, if I see Voldemort, it's on site. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's holding those two thoughts in his head, I, and the thing that I think is craziest about that is that, I, and this and this is this is going to be like a backhanded compliment for this chapter. I love how much um, internal Harry monologue we get in this chapter. Like, we really, really get into Harry's head here in a way that I don't think we really have, like, maybe since book three, honestly. Mm-mm. There's a two-page segment here that is just an exploration of, like, how Harry feels about the Ginny situation that is, like, something I would have appreciated at any point before the chapter where he does win Ginny because I finally get what he sees in her and like why he likes, like there's this whole long thing about like, you know, he's practiced talking to her and he, he thinks about like the way she reacts to stuff and he's, he's looking at her and and, like noticing how she, like there's this stuff in here where I'm like, Oh, okay. I get it. Harry likes Ginny that we've never gotten in any of these books before now. And it's very funny that it is, it is appearing right now before like, like before this has it, like I've gotten no, like, like a, a good romance novel or even not, not even like a romance novel, like a, a good story with romance in it will make you understand the yearning a character feels. It doesn't even have to be romance, honestly. Like we, we were talking about the, the, I want to kill Voldemort thing. Um, mm-hmm. Ideally you want to feel whatever want the character has for them, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you want to understand that want. Uh, I realize that I'm, like, doing, like, basic, like, eighth grade fiction class stuff here, but it's, I think it bears mentioning in this book. Yeah, well, we're in one. (laughs) Thank you, Joe, for making it legal. (laughs) Um, But the, the idea that, like, Harry is I'm finally getting a picture of like what Harry's yearning feels like for Ginny mm-hmm. two pages before he gets Ginny is really funny. Right. Like I would have loved this, you know, maybe in the early chapters when he was in the burrow. Right. And so I could have felt this for him all through this book, but instead it happens right here. And it's like, well, the payoff is coming in two, two, maybe three pages. So I'm good. You know, like, like, thank you. Thank you for like, it is, it is a really good, um, a, a really good, uh, uh, like description. I, I love the way it writes. I love the way Harry is written here. Yeah. But it's so funny getting this now after 
multiple books of him being no thoughts head empty about girls. Yeah, I guess we had we had like a little bit of that stuff um, in the burrow scenes when they're like talking about Fleur. Yeah. Yeah. And then Harry spent the rest of the time being offended that he wasn't real. That He had this realization like, oh, I guess we're not really friends. And then we didn't hear anything about it for the whole middle part of this book. Yeah, it was weird. We got like the like Harry has had feelings about Ginny in this book, mm-hmm. but most of them have been anger, <laughs> like anger at Dean, anger at the situation with Ron. Uh, and there's a there's an ugly little gremlin in his tum tum that gets flared up when he when he sees girl, uh, right. and that has been I I'm like I guess that like is the bare minimum like I, I there there were a couple of scenes where Harry was like wrestling with his thoughts about like oh do I pick like am I being forced to make this binary choice between Ginny and Ron like that have been okay. But we've gotten nothing close to this, which actually gets at, like the heart of like why he likes this girl and what he's feeling and like why it is so important to him. It would have been cool to see them hang out more. At all, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been nice. It's 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 bizarre that they have they seemingly have this like mutual passion that hasn't even been um like we we haven't even gotten like like they they never even hit the like furtive glances at each other while in the presence of significant other right like the the classic that's easy that is the silver platter how to how to handle this kind of thing right like Mm -hmm. you gotta love triangle but but if you want to sow some some doubt in there boom that's that is how you do it we haven't really gotten anything like that no and it ends up reading much more like oh Ginny and dean broke up so of course harry gets Ginny now because <laughs> right. he wants her right yeah but, but there's been no indication that she has any interest in him in fact it's been mostly the opposite right she's dating other people uh when they go back to school or she has an opportunity to hang out with anyone else she chooses that yeah at every moment mm-hmm. but so yeah, the the furtive glances or the like, oh, they wanted they want to they clearly are interested in each other but can't because of circumstances, mm-hmm. you know, and Harry's worried about Ron, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and this like opens up the opportunity. We don't really get any of that. It really just feels like, oh, like of course Jenny will be with Harry. He gets her now because he's the main character. And it, and I got to say it kind of sucks for Dean too. Like Dean has never been like a huge character in this series, but he's not like a bad guy or anything. Like his high crime here is being like too much of a cartoon English gentleman. <laughs> There's really but like this 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 thing where it's like, oh, and now now Dean's off the team and the team is playing better than ever. And it's like, well, great, everything's coming up hairy, I guess. Like <laughs> we got rid of that guy. And it's like, well, no, oh, that's kind of sucks. He was I like Dean. It sucks because it wants to have it both ways, which is that I I don't have a problem with the kind of thing. And even like Ron's thing with Lavender, right? Because like yeah. he treated her really bad yeah. and is a coward and just dealt with that in a horrible way. And that doesn't really bother me in this circumstances because this this just this it's teen stuff, yeah, right? Exactly. Teens are awful to each other. They're navigating all this stuff for the first time. They don't really know how to, you know treat each other mm-hmm. um this is a, for, for like generally when you're doing this kind of story it's like this is all of these characters like first time navigating 
relationship stuff. And, like, that's the yeah, fun of it. Yeah, so that's why I'm not really, like, oh, Ron should Ron should not ghost Lavender. That is a terrible thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, obvi- obviously, that's, like, the, fu- the fun of it. And I feel a little bit the same way about the Ginny Dean stuff, but where that kind of falls apart is that this is treating them like adults in endgame relationships. Like, I don't think you can have it both ways. Right. It's it like, is... okay, Harry and Ginny are going to get married uh, in two years uh, because this is the endgame soulmate romance right. uh, uh, thing. So right. I, it... I just don't think you can really play on both of those. Yeah, this isn't teens being time. shitty to each other. This is the rightful relationship falling into place. Mm-hmm. And, and it's difficult to square that with the way things shake out in this chapter. Yeah, and I don't think I have much of a problem with Hermione, the Hermione and Ron stuff yet, but only because it doesn't feel like the right romance falling into place because they seem terrible for each other. <laughs> but I know that that is going to be what happens. Right? So. Yeah. If this, if this was both for both of these relationships, if this was the beginning of a long exploration of why these characters might or might not be right for each other, that would be one thing. But the fact that Ron has done nothing but be abjectly horrible to Hermione for two books now, and uh, Hermione, the last time she like was confronted with the reality of Lavender and Ron's relationship, she uh, conjured a bunch of birds to peck his eyes out. Um, I don't know. I don't know about these two, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you ever like think about I, I guess fantasy novels are are probably the do this the most where it's like you have two different like point of view characters on different journeys. I mean it's the Lord of the Rings thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you kind of swap back and forth between them. Yeah. Uh but when you're reading them you're like, "Oh, I'm way more interested in this character doing this thing." Yeah. And so the other chapters feel like kind of a bummer. Right. You're like, "Oh, I I I kind of want to go back to uh Aragorn." tracking things th- through the forest and I- i'm less interested in uh, uh pippin telling me about all the weed he's smoking that's exactly right yeah i feel like that in this book except it's both hairy <laughs> that's such a good way to put it yeah <laughs> this uh, this is the chapter that i'm more interested in but but i just keep like he he has two separate characters. I'm sorry, I kind of went off to off topic. I like went back to our other thing no, about that's... the like Horcrux uh like seesaw, but I just I feel like I get whiplash every chapter dealing with like this like all of a sudden we're talking about Riverdale Harry Potter. Yeah. versus I don't know, like Holy Avenger Harry Potter. Yeah, it is very weird that these chapters are in such pl- cro- bleh, close proximity to each other. Um and and it is like i think one of the funniest things is the the character of harry that we've joked about a few times especially in book 5 um the like grizzled master chief harry yeah the fact that like that is now just like a character he embodies all the time is really like like I was expecting to come out of book five being like okay you know it was messy uh the the Harry Potter as like like Rambo teacher was funny but I feel like it'll probably smooth out once we get to the next book it's like no they've only gotten further apart school Harry and like uh secret agent Harry um th- those those two aspects of the story and his personality really have not 
combined well. And this chapter is an attempt to do that. Like when we get to the Draco stuff, it is, I think it is finally an attempt to like tie these two completely different, like worlds Harry is inhabiting right now uh, Mm. into one. And it doesn't like it. Like, I think, I think that this is probably about as admirable, admirable a job as you could do, but it still doesn't quite feel natural. Because you're right, it just it just does feel like two completely separate stories are happening with two separate characters who are the same person. Yeah. I mean, I think we're also going to see a weird, um, and, and it's something that I'm looking forward to, which is where the kind of, um, the streams converge here. And I'm pretty sure that Harry breaks up with Ginny at the end of the book because he has to go be master chief. That's right. right. It's yeah. Like, it's like, Oh, we, we got, we got, we got our teen drama thing figured out, but I got, I gotta go. Yeah. He does. I gotta go into the woods. <laughs> I don't know if I'll come out again. Yeah, He does the like noble breakup thing for no real reason. It's a, it's a, it's a weird one. I, and it, it's, it's an odd, it's a really odd decision considering, um, that like the uh the version of harry that's like like we we we've we talked at length about like how harry is often an adult until he needs to not be one mm-hmm. in terms of like how he's written right um yeah. and in the early books he was just like he was a a, a he was a 3 foot tall adult all the time like that was just how the early books were written mm-hmm. now is it is sort of branched out into being more teen drama stuff it's weird that the times that harry um is required to be an adult for the sake of the story are all appearing in the parts where he has to say like the badass like good detective monologues um which are only serving to drive a like a bigger wedge between these two aspects of the writing that I just don't, I, I think it's irreparable at this point, you know, like, like there's no, there are now two Harry Potters. One of them is a teenager caught in a delightful, uh, drama on the CW. Mm-hmm. And one of them is a TNT show, right? Like, and, and the, these two things are just, the, the, they, they cannot be put back together. Yeah. I mean, Harry goes, right. I mean, like, chronologically as we go through this chapter we do we do get a little bit of uh uh tnt detective detective show harry when he uh decides to interrogate katie bell about her hospitalization (laughs) i love that see so the the funniest part about that to me is that um like a like a useful exposition character in a riverdale or a (laughs) uh you know a legacies or or whatever Katie is not offended at all about this question. No, absolutely. She is not. ready to give the protagonist the clues he needs. If she I mean if she could, but she can't, unfortunately. She'd really like to though. She'd love to help, but she can't. And I I particularly love the part where she's like, "No, everyone else keeps asking me that too." And it was just like, "Wow, everyone in Hogwarts is really insensitive, huh?" 
I wish Katie Bell had been uh, characterized before now because I love her in this scene. Like what I have this very strong picture of of the, um, you know, soap opera teen who's like so popular, but so nice. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I love her. Yeah. Like, oh, every everyone's afraid of her. But really, you shouldn't be because she just really is delightful. Right. <laughs> She's just that that in a nutshell. Um. Also, their takeaway from this is one of, like, I'm, I'm holding complete judgment on this until the, the mystery is all solved because they're, um, they're like, just like complete brain genius assertion that like, oh, you got the package in the girl's bathroom. So it had to be a girl is so funny to me. Like, like they're, they're, they're trying to imagine, you know, what, what powerful assassin is, is hunting kids at Hogwarts. And they're just like, well, they obviously would never have gone in the bathroom that isn't for them. (laughs) Right? Like, like that is just a social more that no one would break. Certainly not, not some kind of child killer. That's for sure. (laughs) Like that, that that was that was quite a, a a funny one to me, especially because uh uh Draco is hanging out in the girls' bathroom, right? Or, oh yeah, or is it the boys' bathroom? I mean, I don't know if they're just. I'm not sure. It seems like Moaning Myrtle is is doing some bathroom hopping. Yeah. at some point. So I think the last time we saw her, um, someone asked her like, "This isn't your bathroom," so I don't know. Oh, okay. Okay, that's that. that so maybe maybe that's less of a, a comparison or a, less of a clue than I thought it was. But I was just th- this idea that like the these these massive brain geniuses, Hermione and Harry, have come together and they're like, well, we can rule out a boy because because like, only a girl would go to the girls' bathroom. Um, and then also this line about Harry imagining uh, Crab and Goyle dancing around, p- turning into girls. That's quite an image. Yeah, it sure is. This is the, we're getting the full. That feels like another like written for the movie type thing. Unfortunately, I don't. I don't think we get anything like like I. I don't think any of this like good ass uh, 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 CW drama stuff makes it into the movie really. But that no that that sure felt like a like image written for the screen kind of thing to me. She must have been so disappointed watching these movies. <sighs> You'd think, but she got the same director to do, like, all of the last four or five of them or whatever. That's true. So she, I mean, because we, we, we know, we have been reading these books very closely. We know that J.K. Rowling secretly wishes that she was uh, working on a grimy, uh, uh, Criminal Minds-esque drama at all times. So, Why didn't she think up a better mystery then? <laughs> so, so she probably saw the bathroom fight from this movie, which is shot like a Jason Bourne scene for some reason. And she was probably like, wow, that is so gritty and cool. <sighs> she loved it, probably. Is it is the girls' bathroom thing supposed to be like a Tonks red herring? It, it's just very confused. Like, like you're right, and it's like, well, if someone's imperiousing Katie to do that, like, can't they just imperious another girl as well to pass off the package? Couldn't the package just been in there? Yeah, it could just be like, like on, on the, ground? the toilet or like on in the sink. Like, yeah, it's their their mystery solving skills are uh, they're they're not the best detectives. 
It's because we're going through the motions of a mystery because there isn't one. <laughs> right. We're we're doing all. Yeah. We're we're collecting the clues because we have to, not because yeah, like there is actually we're gesturing at one. Yeah. Yeah. If you've read a mystery before, this might seem familiar, but. <laughs> Right, exactly. Um, do you want to talk? Is it? Should we? Should we talk about the the Malfoy scene now? Is that is that kind of our next big, big thing here? Yeah, I loved this scene. Yeah, this scene's good. Uh, I was very excited. It, it's it's a it's a it's a good moment. Um, it's very corny, but it's like the exact kind of corny that just works on me. It's the kind of corny that this book needs. It's a teen drama, right? Like, yeah, like it's, it's, you know, we, we've, we've, again, we have characters looking directly at the camera or in this case, a mirror and saying, uh, what their motivation is. Um, (laughs) but that's refreshing here, I think, uh, in this book in particular, yeah, and it's cool to see Malfoy in a different light. Similar to Katie, I wish that he was more of a consistent character before now. Uh, but, you know, I get I get it. I get what it's going for, so I can kind of buy into this archetype really easily that Malfoy is being shoved into, um, and he's crying. I think that this stuff, like the fact that he's been talking to Moaning Myrtle is really intriguing. That was something that I completely forgot. I had no idea. I think it was cut from the movie, right? It was, right? yeah. Yeah, in the, in the movie, he's just brooding. Hmm. And it was, yeah, it was fun to see Myrtle again. Um, and in particular, like, like this, is, this is picking a very small detail out of a, a much richer scene. Mm-hmm. But Myrtle, I think, is the character that stuck out to me the most here. Just because, one, I like that Malfoy uh, is, like, you know, so, he's so proud and he's so, like, um... Like, he, he has immersed himself in this idea that he's a badass Death Eater or whatever so much that he's not talking to, like, any of his actual friends or whatever. He's talking to, like, the ghost. Um, and I thought that's cool. But there is a really, like, sinister little twist on uh, Myrtle's character here that I love, which is that when it, like, after... Malfoy is like taken to the hospital wing and like blood's been splattered all over the room and et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, Myrtle quote, continued to wail and sob with increasingly evident enjoyment. It's so spooky. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, it does raise a lot of questions for me, but in a good way, in in the way that Horcruxes don't, about, like, the nature of ghosts. Yeah. Because that, that can easily be, like, a Myrtle character thing. But in a book where we're talking a lot about souls and how, uh, in, in Harry Potter's morality, living forever is bad. Right, right. right. And it's like seeing a sinister side of these ghosts which are for the most part pretty benign and Myrtle still is and she she can stay and it's it's not really a problem but like that's so cool yeah the, just this idea that like Myrtle is lending uh you know and uh, a see-through shoulder to Malfoy here purely because she just loves the drama she loves the pain she wants to feel the pain and and she she kind of she kind of <laughs> likes acting out about like it's it's really like that is such a good character detail for a character who has really only been used for exposition until this point and like as a plot Mm -hmm. device Mm -hmm. um and and it's like this this one little line has like 
jumped Moaning Myrtle up my like favorite characters list by like ten points. <laughs> like like I now I I love the ghost that lives in the bathroom that lives for drama now. Uh, whereas previously she just sort of was there to dispense clues to people. I also like it as a kind of mirror to uh, kind of her, the sorts of things that she said in book two. And maybe I could be wrong about this. This could have been a movie only thing, but I think it also was implied in book two um, where she um, doesn't necessarily say like, I want you to die in the chamber of secrets, but it's like, Oh, well, if you die in the chamber of secrets, you can hang out with me. And that's definitely more of a joke. And it's not really like a serious, like sinister um, uh, thing in the second book because that's such a kid's book. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have this book be a more grown-up version of Harry Potter and she kind of says sort of the same same idea, right? Where it's like it, she she lives for drama. She doesn't really care if you die. She just kind of wants, wants your drama, wants your, uh, you know attention basically it's just kind of a more grown-up version of that uh moaning myrtle is now one of those like twitch streamers that you can donate to to insult and she loves it (laughs) like that's her whole that's her whole deal now as a character which is really good uh that that's that's such a a vivid detail for a spooky ghost to have that she's kind of lacked until this point um but getting back to the, the main characters in this scene uh uh, I I both am really amused by and kind of love that like this is the point where Harry is just like oh time to try a spell I don't know. Yeah, although I do. I love. I really appreciate now the setup of him doing all of the other spells and them just being like oh like little pranks and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and this one being being real effed up. Yeah, um, it's, like it, it's 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 a it's a cool moment. Harry clearly has never studied Latin, so I guess we can rule uh, uh, Latin off as an elective at Hogwarts. None of them have studied Latin. None of them know. Because <laughs> Sectum Sempra, I think, is... See, uh, Semper is forever, and Sect is cut, right? So it's it's cut forever, <laughs> or whatever, so... Yeah, well, I mean, what could Muffliato do? I just can't figure it out. What could Levitt Corpus do? I don't know. There's just no way to know without trying it. There's just no way to know. Um, but I, I, I do also love the little detail here. There's, there's a really interesting moment of like, there's, a, there's a little payoff here for a scene that I thought was really stupid in Order of the Phoenix. Mm. But the part where. Harry in Rambo mode chases Bellatrix down and tries to crucio <laughs> her and she goes, Yeah. Haha, you're too low level to use that one. You need to put more right. points in hate to use that spell. Uh-huh. And then we get Malfoy Malfoy trying to use Crucio, but getting cut off before it goes off. Uh-huh. And I'm like, damn, like would it have worked? That's a fun little detail that is fun. to just leave hanging there. Like, like, does Malfoy truly despise Harry to the point where he could crucio him? Uh or or like would it would it have done nothing? I, I I'm really interested in that. Like and and that that kind of rescues that really dumb moment from Order of the Phoenix for me. This isn't a real complaint. Yeah. But why I I wish that we knew why some spells needed intention and some don't. Um 
because I guess my assumption was a little bit that dark magic needed intention. But in this one, Harry doesn't know what the spell does and, and admittedly did not intend to do this to Malfoy. And yet it basically just worked because he said the magic word. Yeah, that's a little and, and fuzzy. Snape goes out... Snape goes out of his way to point out that this is like an extremely dark magic spell. And it's like, is it dark magic because of like the nature of it? Or is it dark magic because it cut you forever? Yeah, this is, this is treading ever so slightly back into the worst parts of last chapter where it's like, it is, it is making us assume a lot of things that I, I just can't assume the way it wants me to. So I think the the one thing that is sort of a lampshade on this is that if intent does matter for dark magic and you have to like really hate someone or whatever to make a violent dark spell work, um, Harry did note this spell specifically because it said four enemies, mm -hmm. which is real flimsy, but it's there. Yeah, but even in this chapter, which in a way, like, I love this. Um, and I think, to be honest, I'm willing to excuse all of this because of the moment that it creates. Yes. Um, yeah. But but Harry kind of is idly like, oh, I wish Hermione would go away so I could try out Sectum Sempra on McLoggin. Right. Like, he's clearly just like, this is just going to be a funny prank, like the other funny prank, which is holding someone up upside down by their ankle. Right. Um, <laughs> or Muffliato, I guess. Um, so it seems, but it also seems weird that he would use this funny prank spell on Malfoy <laughs> while Malfoy is trying to torture him. Yeah, it is. It, it, like I said, it's 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 barely lampshaded. It's a little flimsy. But the the part that really does just like go beyond my capacity to like just assume things for the sake of the story is mm -hmm. Snape walking in and being like, oh, that's powerful, dark magic. How did you do that? And it's like, well, I don't know, because I don't know what dark magic is. And when we're never going to find out. Is this the first time we see Harry do a dark magic spell? Well, he like I said, he tried to do Crucio last book. Mm -hmm. And it failed. But has there been any other time? I know the Polyjuice Potion was like dark magic, so it was in the evil book. Yeah. But but I and I know we've talked about how like magic doesn't use like mana in this story. There's no cost, right? right. I kind of assumed dark magic had that, right? Right. That was the difference. It's like, oh, if you're conjuring fake snow, that's just that's just all fine. You don't have mana. There's no cost to that because it's like good magic. Mm -hmm. Um, but if this is the first like time that harry has used an evil dark magic spell he's not experiencing any cost right yeah he's not he's not like oh shit the power this this whips i love this yeah you know? it, 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 it's 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 not clear and like there's the there's the part where it's like well okay he's got a piece of voldemort's soul in him maybe that's a clue right um, cause parcel tongue is also like it, like it talking to snakes, I guess is inherently evil as well. Cause, cause this is a, this is a, a, a Christian manga. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it, I don't know. It's, it, I, I'm, I'm waffling back on forth on whether or not, I, I guess, I guess it's one of those things where I'm just gonna have to read the rest of the book and the series to fully wrap my head around my opinion on like dark magic as a concept because right now from where i'm sitting i'm just like it, it it is it is a meaningless distinction that uh that like i don't understand the stakes of 
uh, of like why if if a spell is inherently evil, what makes it that way? Because the thing about this one in particular that I find so weird is that the and I know that this is a difficult one to like tread around because I know that like the moral of these books in particular is that like all violence is bad, right? Um, but it is a little weird to me that the spell that is just like using a sword <laughs> is like inherently evil when like i mean like I, yeah like i i don't i don't know like that one's that one's difficult for me because i'm just like that's that's not necessarily dark magic i don't think like the the ability to i, I know we're getting like very philosophical for, for harry potter here but like you know gryffindor has a sword and that's good uh, yeah, it's a good sword. It's the good sword. He is he's noble and brave, and when he uses a sword, it's it's for good, therefore... It is to cut off an evil snake's head, is right. what it's so, for. Exactly. He's St. George, he's fighting the dragon, and the sword is good. But what is it about using a sword that comes out of a wand evil, in that case? Uh, and, and I don't have an answer for that, and I don't know if we'll ever get one. Uh, the sword is invisible, but maybe... Un maybe if you could see it, it'd be real like messed up. Okay, oh, it's all point. It looks it looks like Arthas's <laughs> sword or something. It's like ooh, I know that guy's I know that guy's trouble. Conjure invisible evil sword is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's just really strange. It 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 is. I'm I'm not against the story's moral being you know all all tools of violence are evil but you can't also have the good noble gryffindor sword in that case right like it's it's you can't do both i i think the the weird thing about this to me and it's just cuz i'm i mean like not it's all it's all fitting into these like stories we already know but it's strange to have harry finally use um force lightning <laughs> And then not be tempted by the dark side because it's actually just the same. But yeah. that also isn't his takeaway. He's not like, oh, there's no such thing as dark magic. That was the same. Because that could be scary, right? Yeah, that yeah. Be, that could be the seduction of the dark side is that there's no difference between good and bad things. But that doesn't happen either. He there's 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 nothing other than Snape saying, "Wow, that was that was real messed up. That was some dark magic." I I will say uh, the I think the thing that rescues this for me, this I mean I I say that like I don't like the scene. I do really like this scene. Um but the, there's I think that one of the things that like makes that work is that it is it is very buoyed for me by Harry's like really childish uh insistence afterwards that like oh I didn't mean to I didn't know that it was going to be a sword and like <laughs> like trying to absolve himself of any responsibility for his decision yeah. here like like that part I think makes it, it is what like gives this scene some narrative power right like Harry is not literally being tempted by emperor palpatine here but he is not um he is not accepting responsibility for his actions yeah and i guess he also uh, quite explicitly blames it on the book right yes. and, and his his immediate reaction is oh the book betrayed me right exactly which i think is super cool i, I like even his description is 
And again, I'm loving seeing some of Harry's internal life here. Uh, even like, I mean, this is, it turns like, it is that childlike reaction. And he's like, oh, it's, he, he imagines using it. And it was like the, the book was his pet that turned around and bit him. Right. Or the book is my dad. And now I've, and, and now that my dad, now my dad has betrayed me. The book is no longer my dad. Right. Um, I, yeah, it, it is, it, it, it is, it, it serves a good purpose for his character as, as mm-hmm. silly as like the lack of any sort of, um, like, uh, concrete theme <laughs> or anything around what dark magic represents or, or could be like, it, it at least serves this purpose for Harry's character, which I think is really good. Cause it, cause like that, that at least feeds into the really good teen drama in this chapter was it like, of course, everyone as a teenager, like did something that they knew was wrong and then immediately talk themselves out of like why they should feel any responsibility for this decision. Right. Like everyone's had that experience. And I, and I, I, I thought that was, um, that was, you know, that like, the, the, like you could, you could write this entire thing, like the same chapter about like, uh, uh, pulling someone's chair out, right. As they sit down or something. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's so many, there's so many just like, like mean, mean school things, uh, that fit into this narrative and, and writing one of those stories around, uh, I didn't mean to conjure magic flying swords out of my wand and nearly <laughs> kill someone is yeah, really funny. Yeah. And, and yeah. I meant to pull their chair out from under them. I didn't mean to have them hit their head and get a concussion right. and go to the hospital and get stapled. So it's not my fault. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. Yeah, I, I like that. Th- th- I mean, this is a character chapter, right? And it excels at that. Uh, and don't forget, it's characters, facts, and themes, and one out of three ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, wh- what is so? And 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 not to, not to get too far ahead here, the scene where Snape comes in, uh, and like sees this horrific scene of Malfoy, like, bleeding out on the floor and water spraying everywhere and the laughing ghost chilling in the corner. I kind of love how he's just like, oh, boy, here we fucking go. Like, <laughs> like okay, you gotta go to the hospital wing. Um, I gotta get you out of here real fast because it's time to lord it over Harry, which is my most, which is my goal in life. <laughs> was, was Snape, like, on his way to meet up with Malfoy crying in the bathroom. Yeah, was because he, he was right there. Yeah, maybe maybe he heard him crying. He was walking up there to tell him to suck it up or something. Was he on the hunt for drama? I guess is what I am wondering. Maybe him and Myrtle are like in on this. <laughs> like maybe, yeah, maybe he told Myrtle like I need information. Oh, I need Myrtle some... and Snape is such a good mm. character friendship. Oh yeah, and just imagine them just like trading rumors back and forth and dishing on Stu. Oh wow, ooh, that's mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh, they both live for drama. Absolutely, uh, they're both miserable. They're both- miserable and live for drama. <laughs> um, but but I yeah I love I love this scene. Uh, th- there's a real there's a real like like. Uh, 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 I, I, like similar to my my thoughts of the last three chapters, there's a real like dirt sandwich in here as well, which is <laughs> I love I love Snape coming in uh, mm-hmm. and seeing that the salesman has had his foot run over by a lawnmower and not caring, <laughs> and I really hate the room of requirement uh, scene in between, but when Harry brings back 
Ron's book, I think that scene is fucking incredible. Yeah, I have some kind of mixed feelings about a lot of this, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, the rumor of requirement stuff is so stupid. It's terrible. It's so dumb. I can't, I can't believe it. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin with that. And I love, I love Harry coming back with Ron's book to Snape. Um, Snape is obviously fantastic in both of these scenes. Um, and I enjoy uh, Harry and Snape's back and forth. This is this is the infamous Runal Waslib yes. quote, right? They they have a little back and forth. It's very reminiscent of the of the you don't have to call me sir professor mm-hmm. um, exchange. We get Harry as that character back to do that thing with Snape, which is just like always so good. Mm-hmm. I do think it happened too soon from the yes. traumatic Draco event. Yeah, the, is the my, fact is that it's happening in the same bathroom or whatever is very funny. I guess maybe the way I pictured it is different because, uh, and maybe maybe this is just me, but I was picturing like, uh, like anime blood spurt mm-hmm. scene, and like that's horrible. Harry's in shock. It is like, it, it, like traumatic, horrible. He thinks he killed someone, and so it's really weird to have him just kind of back to back to some banter with Snape in that same <laughs> room that's like full of blood. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, you're, you're right. Although I, I do just appreciate the, like, the dark absurdity of it. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I, I made the joke about the, the, the lawnmower there because this so clearly reminds me of the Mad Men scene where yeah. like, they're just chilling in that guy's office while someone's squeegeeing blood off the window. Right. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, it is, it's a really fun image. Um, you mentioned that it, it reminds you of the uh, the you don't have to call me sir professor scene. Uh, to me, I was having a hard time with it because this is like beat for beat the Simpsons steamed ham scene. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is also that. It is, it is so like Rudolf Rat Waslib in your textbook in this part of the country, like just just really really exactly the same thing, uh, which I was having a real good time with. Yeah, it definitely is. It's it's it is very funny, and you're right. There is a dark comedy uh, version of this. Yeah, you sent me like as we were talking about this, you sent me the scene from the movie, and I am so bummed out. Mm-hmm. I know we'll talk about this more, but I feel like this whole sequence of Harry attacking Draco, running back to Gryffindor Tower coming back and talking to Snape, there's so many like ways you could do that that are so either funny or stylish or cool. Yeah. And they went with nothing cool. It <laughs> sucks. Yeah. I can't wait to get to the movie. Like the, I'm, I think the thing I am most excited about on this podcast journey right now mm-hmm. is getting to these last three movies mm. because they are, they are in such an interesting place in like pop culture history. Uh, yeah, and the fact that they are shot like uh, like shaky cam action movies is so bizarre, uh, and will feel so dated and strange to to revisit uh, uh, later. It's uh, it's it's I'm excited. It like I <laughs> that scene they played it like a gunfight, yeah. and I know that we're not we shouldn't be talking about that now, but like the imagery in the book is so strong of these kids doing their, like, schoolyard pranks and escalating, and then all of a sudden Harry just, like, hitting him with a sword. 
Right. It, it's, it, it's it should like, be like a that's so cool. It should be like a fight video. Right. Like it, it, it should just be like like it's it's like the wizard equivalent of like these kids slapping each other on the playground and then one grabs a rock. Like it's <laughs> it's it, it has like the, there's this real scrappy energy to it in, in the way it's written that just does not come across in this like really measured and tense gunfight that they have in the film. Um, yeah, they're like they're like taking cover. Um, yeah, they're hiding behind chest gunshots, high walls, basically. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it's really funny. Whereas I feel like this moment should be much more playing up the like Lord of the Flies sort of like shock moment. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I agree for sure. It's 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 a weird, it's a it's a weird adaptation that I can't wait to look at in more detail. But we have to talk about the room of requirement reveal here. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this to you, but we must talk about the bad part of this chapter. Okay. Um, which is this? I, I'm like, I I hesitate to use the word retcon here, but this, whatever you want to call this, this like like explanation of how the room of requirement works, um, is such a bummer because it kind of goes against all of the rules that we learned from book five. Uh, the This idea that the room of requirement is a room that gives you exactly what you need when you pass by it mm-hmm. is sort of undermined by this idea that it's like, it's not actually conjuring a different room for each person. It's like, it's like one of those uh, uh, parking garages where you <laughs> put your car in it and then it like vending machines it up the, you know, up the wall and then another car appears. Mm-hmm. That sucks. That's way less interesting. <laughs> uh, and, it, and I feel like it is a reveal that only exists to like justify Harry's like investigation of the room by thinking I need to find out what Malfoy's doing or like I need to find whatever you know he he's been he's been thinking very uh you know a, a bunch of different things walking past the room to get this door open that as far as we know from what we learned in book 5 should work like the the room of requirement operates on really vague requests mm-hmm. and or you know like like the 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 DA room was uh uh was conjured up by thinking like I need a place to practice magic where Umbridge won't find me. Right. Or, or, or something like that. And then, uh-huh. uh, uh, Dumbledore mentions that like, Oh, he really needed a bathroom. And so he, he, he got a room with a chamber pot in it or whatever. Um, and now Harry, the ones that don't work are, I need to find out where Malfoy is. I need to find out what Malfoy's doing. I need to know, Blah blah. Like he he he's been thinking things. That I think are more or less playing by that same rule that aren't working. And for there to be like a, this communal evidence locker <laughs> is like I don't know. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. That that's 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 not what the room of requirement is. I don't feel. Yeah, I guess the thing is, I don't know what is materially different for the rules that the Room of Requirement plays by, that that Harry saying, I need to find out what Malfoy is doing, would be any different than... This room. ...than happening across the version of the room that Malfoy is using because of an unrelated circumstance. Um, In rewrite mode, which I would like to be in now... I think that he it should have worked because it would have been a room full of junk and nothing would have meant anything to him. Yes. Yeah. If if this had been 
a, a case of okay like i i can buy y- yes i think that that version of it would make me buy the like idea that the room is like rotating through a set amount of rooms right um uh and giving multiple people the same room i think that would have made that pay off really well if he just because because it mentions in this chapter when he finally makes it in it's like oh it's so cluttered he has no idea if he's ever going to be able to find this thing again um and so like if it kept showing him the room that malfoy was doing stuff in but it was just all this crap everywhere that would work i think i mean hey that's a mystery what mm, item is, what item could Malfoy be using in here with all uh, this th- stuff? That vanish- this is where the vanishing counter that Montague got thrown into. What's it doing in here? Mm, yeah, Weird. Yeah, crazy. It's almost like you could build a, a, a mystery with all the elements in this book. There is a, a part of it. Like, I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to stretch for these room of requirement rules here. Mm-hmm. And... Perhaps there is a version what it looks like is that it does make new rooms if your need is novel, right? Like hmm. if you if you have a new need for the room, for mm-hmm. instance, a place to practice at your secret club that has has defense staff, then maybe the room can create that room for you. That's a new room that it has. Right. And the room where stuff is hidden is kind of a paradox room, right? Like that idea breaks its own rules because it's not a new need. It is a need that many students have had and it conjures up the same room each time hmm. and everybody hides their stuff in there. Like there's a cool there's a cool version of that for sure. Yeah, I could see it. This this room is the Gary's mod. Yeah. This is the test level or something. Uh-huh. I could see that. Yeah, that 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 I think would make it more palatable. I just really I feel like this is cheap just because um this is a a big reveal that is hinging on a on this room working in a way we've never actually seen it work before. Um I'm trying to think of a like comparison that isn't Umaneko cuz most people aren't going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but but for those five people, hello. Um, if this book was an actual mystery and it played out with Harry trying to figure out the rules of the room of requirement and they were, you went through it like they were clues in a mystery, um, then that might make sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. If, if, uh, if every time, uh, Malfoy said something about going to the seventh floor, he said it in red text. Uh huh. That would make sense. And it's like new rule for the room of requirement. We've learned something new about it, about what it does. How can we figure out its nature? Yeah. Or uh, here, here's here's another here's another good anime one. Uh, it's Death Note. If it was like Death Note, where you were learning a new rule each time, and you're like, okay, yeah. this is building on what I previously assumed about this thing, uh, in a new in a new way that's just like layering on top that would make sense um but it kind of just doesn't feel like that it, f- it feels like because we've not really gotten a sense of what else the room does or what the other rooms are besides like a bathroom and a uh a rambo firing uh range um <laughs> but like it's it, it's just kind of like okay and now it's a communal uh like hiding spot for a bunch of stuff i i, I don't know i just i uh i, I feel like that's a little cheap I think it is cheap as it exists in the book. I am kind of enamored with this idea of it being like 
uh, like an irony room, right? Yeah. Like the the room that ever like it, it is it is paradoxical for the room to be able to hide anything for you because it shows you the same room that everyone has hid everything in. Um, mm, I do like actually, that idea. I do. I'd not thought of it that way, but I kind of do like that. Huh. I, but it doesn't go into that, right? Sure, like the, yeah. the book is not the book is not interested in exploring that at all. Right. If it made um, like the windows like dunk sound when you enter this room, because it's like you know, it's it's both serving and not serving its purpose at the same time, that would be kind of interesting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as it stands, but this is just moving the plot along. Yes. This is this is just uh, hey, remember this cabinet? <sighs> no, I don't remember the cabinet. I still don't. I don't remember what happened to Montague. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. I don't remember. <laughs> It was so long ago. Uh, but anyway, Harry Harry gets detention. Uh, here's my big detention question. Okay. Snape is <laughs> telling Harry that he has detention every Saturday uh-huh. uh, at 10 a.m. Yep. The big game is being played at 10 a.m.? Sure. Is it? Is that? That's To me, that is early for the big game. Maybe I am not the big games expert. I mean, I guess games are played at that time, but I guess the big game usually isn't, right? Especially at school, right? Like, you do it in the evening. Like, I don't know. I was I was not in school sports. I was in the band. I, w- I had to go and march and play trumpet and, and, and stuff for every football game, and that was always at night. Uh, I feel like all the Quidditch games are in the morning, so there's always that scene at breakfast right before they go out onto the pitch. Oh, that's true. Right, right, right. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Okay, so that this is not new information just for this detention drama. Never mind. That's okay. You're you're right. Maybe the snitch gets tired in the evening and it goes <laughs> fastest at 10 a.m. Um but uh I I I like this detention thing because and and I I feel like like Harry Harry obviously hates it. He's mad. The work is tedious or whatever. But there's something very funny to me about um, Snape's punishment for Harry that he is he is uh, clearly thought about a lot. <laughs> is I'm gonna make you read through all the cool stuff that your dad and his friends did. I'm so confused about this. Um, this is such a weird scene to me because it's like it's a little bit of a, a don't threaten me with a good time <laughs> moment. Except except Harry like also is still mad for some reason. Like I, everything that we know about Harry so far has been at any chance to learn anything about his parents and their friends is that he wants that information, yeah. right? And this he doesn't suddenly. Yeah, this this idea that like I like I love the idea that that Snape thought that like oh this will really get his goat. I'm going to make him I'm going to make him read about all the dumb shit his dad did. But it, it it's a bummer that Harry is not like I don't know, pouring oh, over yeah. every report going like, "Oh damn, my dad was cool." <laughs> like damn. Or something. Yeah. yeah. It's like and and it felt like there was something missing from this scene because when a character does this, when Snape says, "Okay, you're going to read all of the all of the misdeeds your your dad and his friends did at school as a reader i'm like okay we're going to get some information and that doesn't happen <laughs> yeah i want to know what the stuff is did that strike you as weird like i'm like there's going to be like a clue here or something to like for harry to learn for the first time something to enter into our journals here and it just doesn't happen <laughs> yeah i was expecting i was actually like bracing for um information on the 
the Lily Snape James stuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe, you know, we, he's got detention for however many chapters are left in this book. Who, who knows? Maybe we, maybe it will pop up in the next one, but I was surprised it wasn't like, Oh damn, my dad got in trouble for the thing that I saw him do last year. Right. In the pensive. Mm-hmm. Like, I was expecting something of that sort to pop up. Cause because that was the other angle this could have gone is, um, and then also an angle that makes this weird now that I think about it is that so Harry had his like conception of his dad shattered last book by mm-hmm. Snape's memory that he 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 invaded, right? And where they sort of left that hanging in book five was Snape yanking him out of the pensive, and like. Telling him, like, we will never speak of this again. Mm-hmm. And now Snape is sort of tempting fate here a little bit, I feel. <laughs> by yeah. by making him go through all of the, the like, uh, wacky stuff that James did in school. Because surely that's on in here, right? Like, surely Harry is going to, like, go through this Rolodex and come across, like, uh, Potter, James, dunked Severus Snape's head in the <laughs> toilet. Uh, uh, Severus Snape got detention for saying a slur in class. <laughs> Wouldn't Snape also be in here a lot? This is such a weird plan from him. Like, there's just so many things in here that, like, I would expect to pop up <laughs> that surely Snape would not want to bring up again, considering this is all opening old wounds, and, like, he is mad at Harry for doing that last book. What is his plan here? <laughs> What what is the most generous read of what Snape is trying to do? <laughs> I, like, is it is it by by his own admission saying like Harry breaks the rules? I'm going to show him all the ways that his dad also break broke the rules in the same way to make him feel more ashamed of rule breaking. Because that's clearly not worked so far. Like he tried to do that in book three and it just didn't happen. Um. There's my my biggest most galaxy brain like bordering on rewrite opinion of this <laughs> is that it's like okay Snape is a double agent and he knows that he can't actually uh do anything to Harry to punish him that would like demoralize him too much because Dumbledore has undoubtedly told him that Harry is like the asset, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and also we know that Mal- that Snape doesn't really like Malfoy all that much, right? Like, like he 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 butters him up because he's Lucius Malfoy's kid, and he is uh, like, for all intents and purposes, to the Malfoys, like a fellow Death Eater, right? He has made this unbreakable vow uh, with uh, Malfoy's mom, but like, I don't think that he truly likes Malfoy much more than he likes Harry really like you can see it in the like the very cold way that he treats Malfoy in the scene where he walks in on on the fight aftermath right like he's just like oh f- f- fucking come on like like get up go to the hospital wing you're good like he's very calculated there mm-hmm. so like maybe this is like and like I said I, I acknowledge that this is completely stretching this as far as it can go and like this is not the intent of this scene, but there is a read of this that that I I think 
works for me, which is that this is Snape, quote unquote, punishing Harry um, because he has to to keep up appearances, but also is maybe providing trying to provide him with some sort of motivation or like some activity that is not going to like cause any more uh, uh, drama that will like, you know, make him not want to do chosen one stuff. Yeah, I guess I would just expect any kind of like anything to happen in this scene, anything <laughs> where Harry like reflects on any of it or thinks anything about it. Um, but it just feels pointless. Yeah, sir, did and my dad call you I... little homie Snape ass? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's weird. I don't actually like 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 m- what I just said. I don't think is like my actual read. It's just like if I if I take this page and stretch it as far as it'll go. That is the one thing I can think of is this idea that it's like, because it, the, the thing that really kills me, and I don't know if that this is a line from the book or if this is a movie special, but mm. I know that at some point in either the book or the movie or both, we get a weird scene with Dumbledore and Snape where Dumbledore is like, huh, you care for the boy, don't you, Snape? And he's like, maybe. Um, so <laughs> I don't know, you know, like. It's it, it's I, I'm 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 trying my best here because I, I I don't know maybe it'll happen again and Harry's gonna come across a piece of key information to enter into his journal but <laughs> it just feels like it is a scene with no intent and the other thing that it doesn't do is he doesn't sit there like sick to his stomach wondering how the match is going right yeah it feels aimless but I like the idea that the world continues without Harry's presence in it. Yeah, they even won the game. Yeah, like yeah, they won they win the game. His his you know, his his Rambo teaching style has paid off for the Quidditch team. Um I, I just like this idea that like important events can happen in this story without Harry's hand directly being in them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I I like I like this. I li- I like this result. Um and I'm happy for for Ginny and Harry, I guess. Um this this final moment uh between them is pretty good all things considered like considering that these are characters that I, until this point and kind of still now honestly like i don't buy this relationship between them but mm-hmm. i like the way this scene is written yeah it needed to end one paragraph earlier oh god yes but yeah yeah do, do you want to read read the the like the the two last paragraphs there and like I, i'm gonna read the last three because it has it's got the kiss like, yeah i'm just gonna read the end Harry looked around. There was Ginny running toward him. She had a hard, blazing look in her face as she threw her arms around him. And without thinking, without planning it, without worrying about the fact that 50 people were watching, Harry kissed her. After several long moments, or it might have been half an hour, or possibly several sunlit days, they broke apart. The room had gone very quiet. Then people wolf whistled, and there was an outbreak of nervous giggling. Harry looked over the top of Ginny's head to see Dean Thomas holding a shattered glass in his hand and Romilda Vane looking as though she might throw something. Hermione was beaming and Harry's eyes sought Ron. At last he found him, still clutching the cup and wearing an expression appropriate to having been clubbed over the head. For a fraction of a second, they looked at each other. Then Ron gave a tiny jerk of the head that Harry understood to mean, well, if you must. And that's where the chapter ends. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. The creature in his chest roaring in triumph, he grinned down at Ginny and gestured wordlessly out of the portrait hole. A long walk in the ground seemed indicated, during which, if they had time, they might discuss the match. Awful. 
Just just take- end, just end it. Just cut that cut that out. I hate that. I do not need the like. And then they went and made out. Yeah, I, I really get it. Don't, I got it. I don't need a paragraph long eyebrow waggle from the book here. Please just let them have their triumphant kiss and just leave. And like the payoff with Ron is so good too. Yeah, and their friendship. Just leave it there. I don't. I don't need that. That last part. I hate that so much. Yeah, the camera stayed rolling for exactly one paragraph too long. There, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's too much. It's unnecessary, and it like 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 you say, it kind of robs the scene of its of ending on uh, on its best moment, which is the the you know the the how Ron feels about this, right? Like mm-hmm. like this thing that Harry's been agonizing over for this entire book. Uh, ends with a nod like that's great that's a that's a great little moment leave it there a a kiss in fiction is a symbol so we've got two out of the three (laughs) in this chapter you're right it is a symbol it is a a moment that means a lot more in a narrative than say a a like literal kiss does right yeah It, it, it is a it is an image. It is a symbol. I get it. I do not need the okay. Then they went and made out. Then they're gonna go do more because kisses because that's all. There's all. That's all in there already. That's in the kiss. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yep. No. I totally agreed. It's it's uh, it's unnecessary and it's uh, I, yeah. I it it, it 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 changes the point of the scene to me. Um, it, like. The this culmination of all these feelings that these three characters have been feeling, uh, mostly for multiple chapters, maybe uh, some only for one chapter, considering how we only just now know really why Harry likes Ginny so much and how he feels. Um, but it, it it then going on this honestly kind of lurid tangent about like they're gonna go make out more and maybe they'll have time to talk about the game. Wink is just like it's too much. <laughs> And it's it makes, so tacky. I get it. Yeah, it's 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 too extra. Um, this is rewinding a little bit, but before we wrap up, I would like to just really briefly touch on uh, Ginny owning Hermione before the game. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. How did you feel about that scene? Um, good in that I'm glad that. Well, okay. So it's stupid. I don't get it at all. I, it makes me more confused about Jenny's character, I guess. Mm-hmm. Although I suppose she's always just been kind of confrontational. Like that just has been kind of a part of her character this entire time, which is fine. Yeah. Um, or I guess rather her character once she transformed from character with no speaking lines. <laughs> um, the, the good thing that it does is that it considers that Jenny is around and interacting with people before the romance part happens. Yeah. So it's good to see her do that, but I don't really get the scene in and of itself. Yeah. It's just, we, I, I, the part that made me remember this is you noting while reading those paragraphs that Hermione, like Hermione beamed or whatever. And it's, it's really funny imagining that this story views Hermione as like kind of this like matchmaker for these characters when mm-hmm. the last thing Ginny did before this happened was basically just be a fucking gigantic asshole to Hermione. <laughs> like, all of the Weasleys are awful to Hermione. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to find the, the line it's, it's, here. 
Uh, give it a rest, Hermione, said Ginny, and Harry was so amazed, so grateful, he looked up. By the sound of it, Malfoy was trying to use an unforgivable curse. You should be glad Harry had something good up his sleeve. Well, of course I'm glad Harry wasn't cursed, said Hermione, clearly stung. But you can't call that Sectumsempra spell good, Ginny. Look where it's landed him. And I'd have thought, seeing what this has done to your chances in the match... Oh, don't start acting as though you understand Quidditch, <laughs> snapped Ginny. You'll only embarrass yourself. This is such a stupid conversation. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. Yeah. I love it. No, it's, it's Riverdale. A, it's a great, but... good, good teen drama. But it's like, it's really funny that they went from like this incredibly arch conversation to like Hermione taking credit for like, damn, I'm so glad that these two are together. Like, I can't wait to, can't wait to hang out with Ginny more. She's really nice to me. (laughs) (laughs) Hermione's just not a character in this book. Nope. Just straight up. She does. She has nothing to do. Um, she doesn't even get a mystery to solve off screen. Mm -hmm. She's there to be annoying and be there to say, I told you so. And, and that's and and to say don't don't care about this. You're caring about the wrong thing. Yeah, it's really sad. She's just like she is the neg, I suppose. Yeah, like I I did not love her transformation into the Joker last book, but I at least appreciate now her being around and doing stuff in in book five as opposed to here where she like you say she's just kind of become like a shrew. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a bummer. I mean, I think that it's really um, really telling that this is the book where we're getting those like end game couples, and and Hermione is just transforming into like nagging wife character with nothing with nothing to do and no yeah. goals of her own. Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. Well, for Ron to- of all people, yeah, with Ron, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, um, we talked at length about this chapter, though. It's, it was a good one. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we take a break? I don't think so. All right. In that case, we will take a break and then we will return. I will count us in in one and two and three and hello everyone and welcome back. I said I was ready. I counted us in and then as soon as I said one, I felt that hiccup coming. Uh oh. Uh, hold on. Maybe not. Okay. Well, if you hear me make a horrible noise in a second, you know what it is. Um... I have something delightful for us for our uh, third segment this week. That's wonderful to hear. I could use something delightful. Yeah, I I, I know that we've we've sort of uh, built a reputation up recently of the third segment being uh, where I cram all of the most cursed uh, material I can find. Um, but Pottermore has thrown me a lifeline this week. <laughs> Excuse me, WizardingWorld.com. Wonderful. Um, and. This is so perfectly tailored for us. I got to say, you know, once again, it feels like maybe they're listening. So if this if this was a care package delivered directly to us by Pottermore <laughs> slash Wizarding World, uh-huh. uh, I would just like to extend my thanks. Uh, this is uh, doing more for us than uh, J.K. Rowling has done by making it legal for teachers to read books to their students. 
Um, this is. Could, could we read all of Sorcerer's Stone and post it to the Patreon or not? Because we're not teachers. Um, we're kind of teachers, though, right? Hmm. Hmm. I will. I will look into. I will look into what legal loophole. Give, maybe if nobody we, wants that. Well, you know how you can fill out a form online and be, become like an ordained minister. Uh huh. Maybe there's a way to do that, but for like teacher, for like some I mean, form of teaching. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's called your master's in teaching, um, which might take some going to school. <laughs> there's got to be a loophole. I mean, we're Harry Potter scholars. That's right. That's true. At the school of Shrieking Shag. In Hurtwood House. Oh, we're house of, we're heads of house at, at Hurtwood. That's right. We're, we're damn professors. So yeah, we are teachers. Anyway, I can't keep you on the hook any longer. This is the Dobby quiz. Ooh. Now, I guess that, you know, this is very blessed. This is going to be very fun. But I guess this is also sort of like, this is kind of throwing a, a, a challenge at ourselves here mm-hmm. because it says, how well do you know our favorite house elf? How well do you know Dobby the house elf? Are you Dobby's biggest fan or do you need to pull your socks up? There's only one way to find out. I mean, we haven't read book seven yet. That's true. Yeah. So I guess, I guess we have a little leeway there. Um, there's also a hashtag associated with this. Um, I hashtag Dobby's girl. It's (laughs) no, that's our hashtag that we should Mm, start using. mm -hmm. It's hashtag Dobby quiz. Um, so maybe we should investigate that later on, but for now, I think we should jump right into this. Uh, I'm going to press start. Yeah. Which animals were Dobby's ears said to be like? So easy. We're collaborating on this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. I mean, they're bat. They're bat. Bat ears, right? Bat like ears. Yes. Yeah. Ears like a bat is what I remember. Uh huh. And eyes like tennis balls. That's right. Uh, a bat. We are correct. That that was a softball. That was uh, the soft. first question. That's the first. Is it multiple choice or is it really just fill in your answer? Oh, I'm sorry. You're, you're totally right. I should have read all the answers. I, I mean, I that. didn't need them. Yeah, it is. It is multiple choice. Can you can you read me the answers for that one, though? Because I want to picture Dobby with other kinds of ears. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. Uh, let, me, <laughs> let me go back here. So starting it off, uh, a mouse, a bat, a cat or a rabbit. Adorable. All Excellent choices. All excellent alternate universe Dobby choices. Mouse ears would be really good. Mouse ears would be good. Rabbit ears would be good. We have selected bat ears. Moving on to our next question. Which family was Dobby originally bound to serve? The Blacks, the Bones, the Weasleys, or the Malfoys? It's a tough one, but I think it's the Malfoys. I think it might be the Malfoys. I'm starting That's to worry right. that I'm starting to worry that Dobby doesn't actually have that many facts, but maybe <laughs> I will eat my words as this quiz as this quiz goes along. What item of clothing grants Dobby his freedom? Ooh, tough. A slimy <laughs> sock, a dirty bow tie, a broken shoe, or an old hat? Um, I really like the imagery of a dirty bow tie. I mean, I would li- I would like him to wash it and then wear a bow tie. Normally. Normally. Yeah. Um, but I think we all know that it was a sock. That's right. A slimy sock. Next Ew. question. What did Dobby use the room of requirement for? 
an extra cleaning cupboard, a bathroom, or break room, or as a place for Winky the house elf to sleep off drinking butterbeer. <laughs> now, one of wow. these answers is very specific, and I think that it sounds might... like a very specific circumstance. <laughs> I think it might be that one. I actually would not have known this answer. Oh, do you not remember this part? Nope, not at all. Oh, this is that that was a big scene in uh I think it was this book actually. No way. Yeah, I think I think this is when they went to ask Dobby Oh, maybe or maybe it's um Oh no, it's it's book 5 cuz it's Dobby like appears and like, "Oh, I know a place where you can uh where where you can find whatever you want. It's the room of requirement cuz I take Winky there." Um, yeah, Winky does not appear in, in Half-Blood Prince. I just did a control F okay. uh, for it, and <laughs> she's not in there, which is a little bit sad. Oh, how's, I hope Winky's okay. All right. Well, I've selected it. We are also correct. Uh, what item of clothing does Ron give to Dobby? A hmm. maroon-colored woolly jumper, dress robes, a Gryffindor scarf, or a new hat? Does he give Dobby his Weasley sweater? I think he gives him the Weasley sweater. I actually, this is, I, I'm losing, I'm losing my Dobby facts here a little bit. I mean, we read one chapter a week. That is a long time to read I'm, children's books. I'm pretty sure it's, I'm pretty sure it's the jumper. That would be what I would think as well. Okay. Okay. Phew. It is the jumper. Mm-hmm. We're safe still. It's funny because that's one where the fandom perception of the object, the Weasley sweaters is different than the way they're treated in the book, you know, because Mm. the fandom obviously treats them as these like precious artifacts that symbolize Molly's undying love. So in like the context of like, Oh, Ron just like passing it off to Dobby feels wrong, (laughs) but that is what happens. Yeah. Dobby deserves it though. That's right. Which other house elf did Dobby take with him to find work at Hogwarts? Hokey, Creature, Helga, or Winky? There is a Hokey the house elf, isn't Hokey there? Hokey is Hepzibah Smith's house elf, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was Winky. It was Winky. That's right. We are 100% correct so far. Are there no hard Dobby facts? Ooh, Uh-oh. well, well. Here's our next one, and, and I'm definitely starting to lose my, my Dobby facts now. Uh-oh. What color were Dobby's big tennis ball-shaped mm, eyes? Yellow. You're going to say yellow? Yeah. Well, okay. Our options are brown, hazel, blue, and green. Oh, well, never mind then. Uh, yeah, I don't do very well with, like... What color were the curtains in yeah. the hotel room? Dobby's eye color. I, I want to say green. green, but I don't have like any specific. <laughs> green like Harry's mother's eyes. Right. Well, green is just like, a, yeah, green eyes are like a recurring thing in Harry Potter. And that's like my only justification for answering that. So, okay, this is my first one I'm unsure about. Dobby's Harry's long lost sibling Dobby okay. also Ooh. got Lily's Ooh. green eyes. Okay, well I'm clicking green. Okay, we're safe. Correct, green. I really thought they were yellow. Oh, that's tennis balls. Right. I get no. I can see how you could get there. 
What did Dobby wear when he first met Harry Potter? Okay, here we go. A woolly jumper, a filthy sock, an old pillowcase, or a tea towel. Come on. We know it's a pillowcase, right? Oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. Come on. Old pillowcase. Correct. What did Dobby destroy at the Dursley's house to get Harry into trouble? The pudding Aunt Petunia made, an entire set of dinner plates, Dudley's television, or Uncle Vernon's new company car? Everybody knows about the cake drop. It's the, the cake drop. Cake drop has been in the news recently, uh, as we have <laughs> as we have uh, uh, been keeping track of. I will say, however, I would have loved to have seen any of these other scenarios. Oh, if he just like destroyed a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I want to see Dobby destroy a car. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I want to see how that happens. Does he like jump on it? Like he jumps on Harry's bed at the beginning? Is he like? Is he going to use magic to, to lift it up in the air and drop it? I want to see him fuck a car up. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm choosing the real answer, which is the pudding. Next. Why was Dobby the only house elf who cleaned Gryffindor Tower in the fifth year? That seems uh, a little philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> the others were too afraid to, uh, too afraid to after Sirius Black broke in the year before. The others were insulted by Hermione hiding clothes everywhere. He didn't trust the others to be around Harry Potter. He didn't trust anyone else to do it properly. Um, I believe we know that this is because of Hermione's uh, Hermione's scheme. That's right. The perils of activism. Correct. Select all that apply. What did Dobby wear when he first started work at Hogwarts? Oh, this might be more difficult. Okay, flip-flops, a child's football shorts, matching socks, odd gloves, a tea cozy, and a tie with a horseshoe pattern. That all sounds very cute. It does. He definitely Also, I have no clue. <laughs> I'm going to say he doesn't wear flip-flops. Okay. I don't think he's ever said anything about flip-flops. I also don't think he wears football shorts. The socks thing is a... This might be like a double trick question because we know that Dobby likes socks that don't match, right? Right. But I can't remember if the reason we know that is because he was wearing matching socks and then Harry, because Harry like forgot to get him a present, right? And he gives him a sock or Ron does. I can't remember. And, and he's like, oh, finally. I can, I have a, a matching, like a non-matching pair of socks. If that is a false memory, I also have it. So, what was the question again? When he first started working at Hogwarts? Yeah. When but he then first... that makes it a double trick question, though, because that means he was wearing matching socks, right? Right. Until he wasn't anymore. Yeah. I know that he has a tea cozy as a hat, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Don't think he wears gloves. I don't think it says anything about gloves. I don't uh, think so. Uh, I'm just God. I'm really stuck on this matching socks thing because it feels it like I said it's like a double, double trick question. I think he was wearing matching socks. Okay, I'm gonna select tea cozy. Uh, I don't think there's anything about a tie. I don't think so either. Ever, it's very specific, and I yeah, don't remember that at all. I would love all. him to wear a tie like Donkey Kong. That would be fantastic. This isn't supposed to be representing his entire outfit, right? It's Yeah, it's it's. It, this is really <laughs> difficult, because, again, him... So that's a very nude look of what we've got <laughs> so far. 
when he first started working at Hogwarts, I just, I don't know if this is supposed to be like nothing. Cause he had, he, he, he didn't get the clothes until he got to Hogwarts. I'm definitely overthinking. This, aren't I? <laughs> um, Oh God. Okay. I'm going to say tea cozy. And, and do you think we should choose matching socks? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Cause then he gets another sock from Harry or Ron or whatever. And he says, Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, unless that's a false memory we both have. Yeah. But no flip flops, no shorts, no odd gloves and no tie. I'm okay. unsure about the shorts. What if he was wearing shorts? It's specifically the football shorts part that makes, gives me pause. Yeah, because, but that could be like a localization thing as well. Yeah, that's true. But like they don't like they're wizards. They he would have like Quidditch shorts, right? Yeah, but I have a little bit of a memory, like something in the back of my mind that's like <laughs> he was wearing a child something. I just I'm really hung up on the phrase football shorts. I don't think I, that part matters. Okay, I'm 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 no on football shorts, but if you're a yes, should we flip a coin for this one? Do we have a No, because I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> so no, no football shorts. No football well, That's fine. fine. No, you sure? I don't have a shorts memory. I have him, I have a memory of him wearing something of a child's. Okay. Which well, makes I'm gonna me look like that. a real fool. I'm gonna look like a real fool if I submit this and he was wearing a child's football shorts. I am like so positive that he never wore pants. Or shorts. I, <laughs> I, all I remember is like he he wears a hat or a, like a bunch of hats. He wears socks and like a like he a scarf at some point maybe. Okay, I'm clicking submit on matching socks and a tea cozy. <sighs> you were right. You were right. You were right. <laughs> you were the Davi expert. Mm. However, we were both incorrect. He did apparently wear a tie with a horseshoe pattern. I don't remember that at all. No, me either. So the so the correct answer was yes, child's football shorts. No to matching socks. We overthought our way around that uh, one. Yeah. Uh, no to odd gloves. Yes to tea cozy. And yes, apparently, to a tie with a horseshoe pattern. Uh, in my defense... I don't remember any of these because these should have been in the movie. That's uh, true. I do not, I don't respect that they have him in the dirty pillowcase the entire time. Yeah. All right. We will, we will lick our wounds and move to our next question. How did Dobby find out about the gillyweed Harry needed to use in the Triwizard tournament? He heard Neville Longbottom and Professor Sprout talking about it. He heard Professor McGonagall and Professor Moody talking about it. He saw Cedric Diggory read a book about it in the library. He saw Neville Longbottom read a book about it in the common room. This is a tough one just because the movie changed, like, changed it completely. The movie did change this completely. But and also I improved it a lot, I think. <laughs> yeah, it did improve it by making it all Neville focused. But I want to say he saw Neville reading the book because uh, Moody fake Moody planted the book on Neville, right? Yeah, I think that must, yeah. But it has to either be that Neville was reading the book, or he overheard Neville and Sprout talking about it. Yeah. I don't know I which want, it is. I think it's Common Room, because he's the only one who's cleaning the Common Room. That makes I sense. Think, I think these are linked clues here. No. 
Wow. Okay. I, hmm. I'm taking issue with the, with the quiz's answer here. Uh-oh. The, the quiz says he heard McGonagall and Moody talking about it in the staff room is the correct answer. Oh, yeah, because Moody went on that big, long thing about how Harry was too stupid to even oh, pick up on his clues. I forgot yes. because it's even stupider than that because Dobby just gives Harry the answer for for basically no reason. That's right. He wakes him up in the library like 10 minutes before the thing and is like, oh, I heard this conversation where Moody said you're dumb. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's because right. Moody's like, I planted the book with Neville, but you're too much of an idiot to talk to That's to talk right. to people. Uh, and so I had to stage a conversation in front of your dumb house elf or whatever that's what it is okay okay wow well i feel i feel silly now but that's that makes sense okay moving on name all that apply uh name all the ways that dobby tried to protect harry during chamber of secrets closing the gateway to platform nine nine and three quarters kidnapping hedwig no no never would he do this Enchanting a bludger that broke Harry's arm. Yes, yes, he would do this. Sabotaging his potion lessons. No, he did not mm. do this. He would, though. No. Trying to get him expelled for using magic outside of school. Yes, he did do this. That was the infamous cake drop. And then intercepting his letters. Yes. Yes. All right. Dobby, you little mischief maker. You little rascal. <laughs> All right. Phew. Okay. We're, we're, we're back on our feet. We are correct. Easy. How many times a day did Dobby say he got death threats from his master? Oh, come on. Oh, this is even worse than naming the color of the curtains. How many times a day did Dobby say he got death threats from his master? 10, 20, 3, or 5? 20. 20 times a day. Uh, this is a... Uh, one in f- th- to me this is just a a one in four chance we're gonna go with 20 yeah okay i like i like that damn we are incorrect i was gonna sound like a genius if it was right <laughs> apparently it was just five oh. um all right moving on how long was dobby traveling the country trying to find work after being freed from his original family I don't know. That sounds like a great film, though. Dobby traveling the country. <laughs> Sisterhood of the traveling football shorts. Mm-hmm. Two years, three years, eight weeks, six months. Don't know. Okay. More I'm gonna, numbers. Numbers, need, colors. Mm. We need to use our big brains to figure this out. <sighs> so it's definitely not two or three years. Cause no. It, he, it was... Uh, there's only one... Well, hold on. There's... He's free to the end of Chamber of Secrets, which ends in uh june or or whatever yeah and then school starts again that same year for yep. book three and so then the it would only so there's only like one calendar year between books two and four right like, yes because the school year is oh the school year overlaps correct so it can't be two or three years no it could either be eight weeks or six months. Eight weeks seems like it would not be like long enough for Harry to not notice Dobby is at school. Dobby would say hi. Dobby say, would say hello hi. to Harry at some point. Yes. Six months feels like it lines up with summer vacations plus Dobby introducing himself to Harry 
at school. Mm-hmm. Should we go with six months? I think, yes. Yes. What? No way. Two years is the answer? How? How? Okay, hold on. I'm... Big brain time. <laughs> okay. Chamber of Secrets ends in... With, with Dobby being free in September, presumably. Mm-hmm. So two years from then, so then book three takes place from... Wait. No, sorry. Uh, uh, okay, book two ends. Dobby is freed in May or June or whatever. Book three starts September mm-hmm. of that same year. And then ends in June of next year. Uh-huh. Then book four, when Dobby starts working at Hogwarts, that would that is not two years. That is a year and change. Unless I am very stupid, which is very possible. I mean, you got like a three three month summer vacation buffer on each side, right? So that's yeah. six months plus a year. Yeah. Uh, Dobby, Dob- is, uh, Dobby is exaggerating. Did Dobby get his job halfway through the school year? Or, no, that would be like, a, six months is like an, almost an entire school year. Well, well, more than half, at least. I... I... I would need to be taking notes. <laughs> and looking at a calendar to even begin doing doing some big brain calendar math right now. Um, instead, I feel like a little bit I'm having the conversation of if you work out every other day. <laughs> you... <laughs> Moving on before our brains completely turn to mush. Uh, what were Dobby's wages at Hogwarts? Uh, a galleon a week and one day off a month, ten galleons a week and weekends off, five galleons a week and Sundays off, he didn't take wages at Hogwarts. Uh, it's the one day off a month and a galleon a week. Yes. Yep, we are correct. What color were the socks Dobby made Harry for Christmas? Ugh. Oh, boy. Uh, one gold with a pattern of lions and one red with a pattern of swords. That sounds good. One, yeah, that sounds badass. Uh, one green with a pattern of broomsticks and one red with a pattern of snitches. One red with a pattern of Christmas trees and one green with a pattern of Hogwarts crests. One red with a pattern of broomsticks and one green with a pattern of snitches. I'm going to be honest, I have no idea. That all went, yeah, that went into my eyeballs and, like, out of my brain immediately. It's going to be one of the broomstick and snitch ones. I just don't know whether it's green and broomsticks or red with broomsticks. I'm going to say green and broomstick and red with snitches. Sure. This is a wash. Incorrect. Yeah, it was, okay, it was red with broomsticks, green with snitches. Of course. Select all that apply. Who did Dobby disapparate with out of Malfoy Manor? Okay, so this is some book seven stuff. Um, Neville Longbottom, Seamus Finnegan, Dean Thomas, Luna Lovegood, and Mr. Ollivander. Uh, it would be Ollivander, Luna, and Neville, I believe, right? 
I thought Ollivander died. Oh, that's a good point. Do we want to before I click submit on this? Uh, what do we what do we do? I have no idea. I read book seven one time exactly <laughs> when it came out and did not see the last movie. So I have no clue. Luna's there for sure. Neville. Oh, no. Neville's back at Hogwarts because he has to cut the head off the snake. Right. Mr. Ollivander, I think dead or not, I think he does get aspirated out of there. Okay. So I'm going to submit. Oh, apparently Dean also. Okay, Dean does get to do some more stuff then. What was Dobby's name for Ron? Wan Wan, Woozy, <laughs> Weasel, or Wheezy? I don't remember Dobby having a nickname for Ron. <laughs> it's one of the it's one of the jokes on Weasley. I don't know which one. I'm gonna say Wheezy. Yes, it is Wheezy. He calls he calls him Wheezy. He's he's calling Ron Lil Wayne. <laughs> uh, where was Dobby buried? Sea Cottage, Beach Cottage, Shell Cottage, or Lavender Cottage? We know it's Shell Cottage. Yeah. We know. We do know. <laughs> we know where Dobby is. But interned. where is his body now? Uh, where does what did Dobby's Christmas banner say? Have a very Potter Christmas, Harry Christmas, and a potty New Year. Have a not, very not Harry that. Christmas, or <laughs> deck the balls with <laughs> bows of Harry. I wish it was that. I wish it was Dick the Balls. That was hooey. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's have a very hairy Christmas. Yes. Okay. How did Dobby wake Harry up on the night his bones were regrowing? Plumping the pillows, checking his temperature, adjusting the blanket, or sponging his forehead? I think sponging he was sponging his, his forehead, right? Sponging his forehead. Absolutely. That was a great scene. That's a good scene. What did Dobby say was the house elves name for the room of requirement? The stop and go room, the come and stay room, the come and go room, or the stop and stay? Oh my god. I don't think he said any of these things. What the fuck? <laughs> the come and go room? He, I think he did. He was like, oh yeah, the... the I can't remember what he the said, though. The stop and swap. <laughs> it's got to be the come and go room, right? I would think so, although I'm not really sure what what why that would describe the room of requirement at all. Uh, I mean, none of these really do, right? Like the come and stay room. <laughs> it's not that. It's it's the it's the uh, the the thing that makes me think it's come and go is that house elves don't relax, right? Mm -hmm. They go in there and then they they get what they need and then they go. Right. That's kind of my guess. Sure. Stop and stay. Okay, I'm going with come and go. Correct. Okay. Phew. How did Dobby punish himself for stopping Harry getting the Hogwarts Express? He ironed his hands, he hit his head against the wall, he burned his ears in the oven, or he kicked himself. We know I mean, he hits himself in the head, right? That's his whole deal. I mean, that's his deal in the movie, but I think he specifically says to Harry, I had to do X. Oh! And I can't... It's either. Right. It's either... Ears in the iron oven or iron hands. I, I don't think it's ironing his hands because yeah, you're right. This is specifically this is a specific punishment for stopping him getting on the train. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, yeah, it's either ironed his hands or burned his ears in the oven. That's messed up. 
Yeah, that's fucked up. Which one of these fucked up answers are we picking? I think it's Iron His Hands. That really sticks out to me. Yeah, I think it's that. That's that's my brain memory. Correct. Okay. Okay. How did Fred describe Dobby's painting of Harry? Oh, I don't I don't think we've seen that yet, have we? No, we have. Oh, no. That was oh, his Christmas have. gift. That's right. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, I do remember. So we have like a banshee with a migraine, like a molting hippogriff, like a cat missing an ear, or like a gibbon with two black eyes. It's definitely That's the gibbon. That's that one. Yep. Yeah, it's the monkey. Correct. How long did Dobby stay awake when he tailed Draco Malfoy? Two days, three days, a week, or two weeks? It's a week, right? It was a week. We just read this. Yeah, this is yeah, this is this is not a good look for us if we get this wrong. It is correct. It was a week. How did Dobby distract the Death Eaters at Malfoy Manor? Smashing the windows, setting the curtains on fire, dropping the chandelier, or levitating the furniture? It's got to be the chandelier, right? I know yeah, that's the movie thing. It's in the movie. I have no idea about the book. Okay, well, I'm going with the movie answer. It is dropping the chandelier. Okay, good. Which flowers did Luna Lovegood place at Dobby's grave? Sea lavender, cornflower, yellow poppies, or pansies? Don't actually know. Cornflower. Something wacky because it's Luna, right? It's cornflower. But uh, it's based on nothing. I don't remember that at all. That just seems like it would be what it would be. I'm trusting your intuition and going with cornflower. Incorrect. It is sea lavender, apparently. Oh. Who sent Dobby to rescue Harry, Ron, and Hermione from Malfoy Manor? Is it Remus Lupin, Dumbledore, Aberforth, or Dumbledore Albus, or Bill Weasley? I have absolutely no clue. I didn't know that anyone sent Dobby. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought Dobby went out of the kindness of his heart. I'm going to say Bill Weasley because weren't they chilling at his cottage? I have no idea. Yeah, this is book seven stuff. I can't be trusted. No, okay. It was Aberforth Dumbledore. Final question. Here Mm. we are. Where did Harry, Ron, and Hermione go to buy Dobby the most lurid socks they could find? <laughs> Weasley's Wizard Wheezes, Gladrag's Wizard Wear, Madame Malcolm's Robes for All Occasions, or Twilfit and Tattings? That is a good question that I do not know the answer to. Twilfit and Tattings, I don't think they went to because that's the fancy store that um, Narcissa Malfoy is like. Oh, yeah, you're right. Come along, Draco. We're going to Twilfit and Tattings. Mm-hmm. Madame Malkin's is robes. That's not yeah. socks. Nope. It's got to be glad rags, right? I think In- so. Unless we- Weasley's Wizard Weezy's also sells funny socks. I'm going to go with glad rags. Correct. All right. We did it. So let's Excellent. view our results. Uh, we scored a 76%. Terrible. You're definitely sweeping up the competition with this quiz result. Get it? Because how sells clean? Oh, never mind. But you didn't quite meet the top grade try again hmm well well you know in our defense we have not read book seven yet and also we read all the other books a long time ago and also i'm sleepy uh and also my brain is very small so calendar question was kind of a bad look for us um (laughs) (laughs) still not quite sure about that one Um, well, that was a lot of fun. I, I'm going to leave you with a little teaser here. Oh, wonderful. Something just popped up in the bottom here after I finished this one. 
Uh, it says, fancy more quizzing, thought you might try our Severus Snape quiz next. Oh, I'm scared to even take that one because I don't want to get a single question wrong. Well, I think I think we might have to either take that one next week or maybe sit on it until book seven so we can we can take the ultimate Snape quiz because we better 100% that one. Absolutely. All right. Well, that was a much longer quiz than I thought it was going to be. All those so, quizzes are so long. Yeah, that was like 30 questions. Well... Uh, so with that in mind, I think we should probably take it to the close. What do you say? Sounds good. All right. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast. Um, we have all kinds of fun bonus content for you there if you have the dollars to spare. Hey, that kind of rhymed. I like that hmm. one. That wasn't intentional, but, but there you go. And uh, what are we reading next week? Uh, we're reading chapter 25. It's called The Seer Overheard. The Seer Overheard. I like the drawing here. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that's supposed to is be. Is it Ginny? I, I can't tell if that's Ginny or if they're like tailing Katie Bell. I, I don't know who this is supposed to be. Do not know. Uh, well, I'm excited to find out. But please, please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean raw seem tame Better know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise